plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We're back. We're in black. And we're here to rock. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm doing uh, better this week than I was last week. Um, I had mentioned it a couple, a few weeks ago that my dog had cancer. Uh, last Tuesday, we ended up having to put him down. So that's very sucked. sorry to hear that, obviously. Um, but he's not in any pain anymore. Not, I mean, he was on pain meds and everything, but like he's good to go. So, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, the past week has been like fine. I've been sleeping a lot, which I, Jake and I were talking before we started recording, and I imagine that's that. Like, yeah, just like just sadness. Yeah. So, I've been playing, uh, when I get a chance to in between falling asleep on the couch at seven o'clock at night um and uh work i've been playing some final fantasy 11 with ashley we're working on getting her leveled up uh let me see the last time we played we managed to hit level 50 out of 99 um and so the way final fantasy 11 works uh once you hit level 50 and every five levels past that you have to do a quest to increase your level cap um so they're called limit breaks so you had to do those. Uh, she's been working on those. Uh, they're not terribly hard to do now. They used to be a bigger deal. Like, it was designed for a group of level 50 people. They all go do the quest together because it's the same quest. Um, so you get, like, a group of your friends. You level together. You hit level 50. You go do your uh, limit break quest, mm-hmm. and you keep level keep going on. Um, so she's been working on that. Um, for anybody who knows anything about Final Fantasy, uh, she's playing Dancer, which is a... Uh, DPS slash support class. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what we've been doing. That's pretty much all I've been doing in my free time outside mm-hmm. of sleeping. So, yeah, not much yeah, to so report on my end. Your last week was, was pretty busy. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we also, you and I, I don't know if this is what you were going to bring up. Uh, last weekend, you and I went up to Ashley's house and played yep, a, a bunch of, of, spent the day playing cards. We had a lot of fun, really enjoyed that. Yeah, so played some Commander, played some Popper. Did you play any Legacy while you were up there? No, I didn't get any Legacy games in. Yeah, we played a decent amount of Popper. Because, like, people, like, a couple people had to step away. You were, uh, you went and recorded with the Planestalkers for their event. Yeah, they did a, they did a live stream for Extra Life. And it was a big recording day. And I think they they ended up getting, like, three or four hundred dollars in donations for their event. It was huge. It was big. Good, good deal. So, yeah, when you were stepping away, we we played a couple three-player games of, e, of EDH. We were playing some uh, popper, stuff like that. So just basically spent the day playing Magic. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really nice to see Ashley. We basically treated it as a, uh, a day of remembrance, a celebration of life for Derek. So we kind of kept him in our hearts as we played and we told a lot of stories and whatnot. We actually got to meet one of our patrons who I think you were tangentially familiar with, but I hadn't met before. CJ yep. was there. CJ uh, we and got I to went play. to high school together. We got to play a bunch of games of Commander. It was a lot of fun getting to meet him. Uh, it was funny. We were talking to him about, like, hey, you know, like, you listen to the show. You know, how do you feel about it? Like, what's some input you want to give? And he's like, man, the only thing I'd like to say is kind of sounds like you guys could use a break, but you're already taking the week off, so you're good. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, it's kind of, it kind of made me feel bad that it was coming through that much. But he was right. I, we did. We did need a break. And on that note, you may, they may notice that it's a little different today. Uh, I had a bit of a stressful day at work. 
and uh, when I, I got home kind of late, and instead of scrapping the recording day altogether, I talked to Matt. In, I talked Matt into recording uh, separately. So Matt's at his house. I'm at my house. Obviously, and, it's not going to be quite as good. But and by talked me into it, he went. Do you mind if we record over Discord? And I went, sure. Yep. <laughs> like, Matt is Matt is I'm very agreeable. <laughs> yeah. Now, something I didn't tell Matt, uh, but I'm gonna tell him now so he can go do it, is my paper with all of our patron names is in his recording room. Hey. So he's gonna have to do the patron names this week while I and if he goes he can go grab that while I'm going through how my yeah. week has been. Yep, just keep talking about your weekend. I'll be right back. Yep. Yeah, so, you're pros. Yeah, this is a, this is a real thing we do every week. Doing it for over a year, but most of my last week, a bunch of friends of mine, which I think we talked about a few weeks ago, they were just getting into Call of Duty, and I downloaded the brand new Call of Duty, and we've been hitting that pretty hard. We play most nights, uh, much to the chagrin of my wife, but she's pretty cool about it. She's she's she lets me hang out with my friends, and I'm pretty bad, but we have a lot of fun playing, and it's it's kind of fun listening to them like they're chasing down certain skins and trying to get gold guns and trying to get prone kills and backstabs, and I'm like. I just pick a gun that I like and shoot people, and I try and get a one-to-one KD. That's all I go for. But it's been a lot of fun uh, with Matt and some of our other friends. None of them play like competitive first-person shooters. That's just not their style. And so I've, for the last several years, haven't gotten to kind of have an outlet for my love for those games. I play them a lot alone, but those games are, you know, not great alone. So it's really cool that I get to uh, I get to, I, I get to find a group of people that we all enjoy playing. There's like se- it's like six or seven of us that all get together semi regularly, and it's uh, really a lot of fun. As far as Pioneer goes, huge thing! I finally got to go three zero. I have no idea why, but I've never been able to go three zero uh, except for one time I got a buy. So in my opinion, I went two zero. But last week or this Monday, I got this would be this Monday. I finally went three zero. I pulled it out uh, three straight wins with. Uh, it's a Rakdos sacrifice deck that I've taken like a couple of sacrifice pieces out and put a little more mid range. So I put like some Croxes in, and I put a couple of Blood Tithe Harvesters, so it's not like balls deep on sacrifice. And I'm still tweaking it, but had a really good week with that. Uh, I I don't know if I told everybody, but just in case I didn't, there was a tournament I was prepping for. Uh, I think I told everyone that I went O2 scrub. Like I went, I literally showed up for a, a, a RCQ, just lost my first two and fucking walked out. But this this weekend coming up, the Saturday, pretty excited. Sage Shop has their store championship that I'm really excited. Uh, we try to rep them every uh, every week, but the Sage's Shop in West Lafayette is by far my favorite store. And actually, we never talk about this. They sell stuff online. So if you're looking for cards, uh, check out the Sage's Shop. I highly, highly recommend them as a store. Just they're good people. I'm not going to say their prices are the best on the planet. They usually have decent prices, but they're just a great uh, a great LGS that I like to support as much as I can. Um, beyond that, I don't really have anything else to say. So I think once Matt gets back and through the magic of editing, that will happen right away. We'll get through our patrons and we'll get this week's episode started. We do have a really fun thing to talk about at the end. I don't know how long it's going to take, but to kind of a little spoiler alert, uh, Bank of America apparently listens to Cantrip Cartel. That isn't true necessarily, but they like came out with a big announcement on Watsi's financial future and Hasbro. Actually, it's Hasbro's financial future. And a lot of the, what they were saying is complaints we've had. So it's really eager to... Uh, really eager to talk about it. Yeah, that'll be interesting to talk about. All right, the magic of editing, we got Matt back. Thank you for getting that, Matt. Sorry that I totally forgot. But uh, if you do me a favor, would you please give a quick shout-out to all of our patrons? Yeah, so uh, before we do that, just the quick, you know, we're at patreon.com forward slash cantripcartel. Uh, big thanks to all of our patrons. We've got Emperor, Rogue, Derek, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, 
Nate, and Jameson. So thanks for all your support, guys. We really appreciate it every single month, uh, you know, making this podcast possible, basically. So yep. thanks again. It helps a lot. And it it's always nice to hear you guys. We, we, we love chit-chatting with you guys in the Discord. Sometimes Matt and I are, you know, more or less active depending on how our week's going, if, you know, we had a dog die or if we've been working a lot. But we always love getting to chit-chat with you guys. So thank you very much. And so, silver lining to my dog dying. He was my only dog, so my dog guy can't, can't die next week. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, yeah. you're right. You, you know, and you no longer have to worry about taking care of your dog every day. So I less will chores. say, the, the weird thing is, like, we're going to stay on this topic for a second. Like... I sleep better at night. Yeah. So, but I'm still more tired. That's one of the things that's had me confused because I'm like, I'm seriously passing out on the couch at like seven o'clock between seven mm. and eight almost every single day. That's so weird. But like, I just get up, go to bed, and then I sleep through the night. Oh. So, like, I'm sleeping like 12 hours a day. So you're still <laughs> tired? Every, yeah, I'm still t- I mean, I'm not, I'm not like tired. And it's almost like as soon as I run out of things to do, uh, my, Brain's just like okay, well we're done for the day. Well, hey, the so, like, I'm not you tired. Be, I'm not tired right now. You might be depressed. You might be depressed. I mean, well, I mean, but it is <laughs> a very depressing like thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's uh, an appropriate response. Uh, yep, that's an appropriate response. But yeah, it's just been weird. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll get over it. Yep, it, it takes time. It takes time to get past that. Obviously, losing a dog is very close to losing a loved one. So I'm sure everyone listening will send their thoughts and prayers your way. Yay. But Thanks. Uh, to get this show on the road and quit, you know, harping on your dead dog. Yeah. Can we beat a dead dog to death? <laughs> How's the legacy? Beat that look dead out? horse. Um, so we're talking about Sunday challenge again, like normal. Uh, back to normal here. Uh, let me actually. I didn't think to do this real quick. I just want to grab the top eight bracket so we can figure out who won. But oh, that's right. Yeah. Delver everywhere. So yeah. Well, while he's getting that, I can give a quick, you know, to jump the shark a little bit on the metagame summary, it's uh, 22% Delver, so we did take a week off in that week. Legacy was not fixed. Uh, They didn't ban anything. No one fixed the Delver Scourge. Uh, It's still definitely a little little heavily represented. Yeah, so it looks uh, like um, Beware the Water brought it home with 8 cast. So, and this is why we do this. On MGG Goldfish, it's got uh, that person listed as coming in eighth so yeah so uh, daybreak games still has or still isn't getting the data transferred over correctly or i guess more accurately goldfish isn't pulling the data correctly yeah and it looks like uh it looks like the basically eighth and seventh are uh first and second so we also oh, had okay. jpa 93 in second place with uh rug delver so that's our jpa is usually our resident show and tell, but show and tell has been abysmal for a long time, yeah. so it makes perfect sense to bump yeah. over and to if a you Dover can't beat variant. Them, join them. Um, Absolutely. So we'll go over this uh, eight cast list real quick. Uh, let's see. So we got four Emery, three Psy, two Kappa Cannoneer, four Thought Monitor, another four Thought Cast, uh, four Force of Will, even though they're split up. Yeah, even the lists are messed up still. Yep. This is just weird. Data still. Uh, At this point in time, like, I. I I, I imagine it's just getting reported weird. Yeah. One way or the other. Either it's scraped weird or reported weird or both. Possible. So, um, but yeah, pretty. this looks like a pretty standard list. you got Chalice, Lotus Petal, Bobble, Opal, another Bobble. Uh, then you've got your Urza Saga Suite with like Pithing Needle, Shadow Sphere, Aether Spellbomb. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Check the sideboard. Got an engineer explosives. Yeah, I don't uh, see anything in here that's outside it, what I expect to see from an eight-cast list. Yeah, looks pretty standard. I will say, um, while we're going to spend the a decent chunk of this podcast joking around about like you know Bank of America and stuff like that, the I believe they're from Brothers Wars. I don't know wh- which packs you had to buy to get these cards, but the uh, retro frame artifacts look great. Do you mean the, the ones that are stamped, number stamped? Uh, well, I mean, there's those, but you can get them non-number stamped. Can oh, you? you can. I think oh, that's so. so awesome. Um, I could be wrong there. Well, that's possible. They, I've only seen the ones on good. Facebook that are number stamped. People are selling for thousands of dollars because they're, you know, very rare. But I would, I really want them to be uh, regulars because they have like the old sketch art, right? Yeah, those might be the numbered stamped ones. Um, I could oh. be wrong, but there's, there's like, so like a good example of this is Mishra's Bobble. So uh-huh. you can, um, I guess they're, so there's the retro frame artifacts from Brothers War, and then uh-huh. there's the retro frame artifact schematics from Brothers War. And it, and it looks uh, like okay. you can get either of those without having a stamp. Oh, okay. Um, that's cool. And then there's probably stamped ones as well. Uh, oh, that's but great. But like TCG player has like the retro frame Mishers Bobble uh, schematic, which the schematics look fantastic in my opinion. Yes, they do. And it's really flavorful for the way like the the old card frame looks. Because, like, the old card frame is supposed to kind of be like a page out of a book. And so mm-hmm. having that schematic, in my opinion, is fantastic. Like, this is one of those times where, like, if we're calling balls and strikes and whatnot, fucking Watsy knocked it out of the park with these things, in yes, my opinion. Yes, those are those They are look fantastic. Um, so I don't know if you've, you're sitting at your computer, if you just Google the Mishra's frame, the Mishra's bobble, I mean, the schematic looks great. And they're five bucks. They're cheaper than Mishra's bobble well, was. Well, so they did... <laughs> They did a great thing with this limited, you know, whatever. We're going to stamp 500 of them. Um, this is almost exactly what they did with that Hitsugu, that crappy Hitsugu card, where yeah. they took a card and they're like, we want this card to be accessible and we want to cater to whales. So we're going to make it and then we're going to make it in a dumb way special. But that the whales have something to chase that isn't, doesn't impact us. Yeah. And it's so. perfect. Like that, just take 500 of them, make those 500 uber duber special. Like I'm sure like zero zero one's gonna be worth like ten thousand dollars, but who cares? Because I just want Mishra's baubles, and they're like five bucks now. Yep, and they look great. So they look good on your wizards. Um, but yeah, because yeah. most of the, most of the all of them are on that like dark yellowed paper that fits the frame exactly. Yeah, they they, they in general they look really good. Um, so excited about those. Uh, this eight cast list, if we're going back to the list here, doesn't look like it has anything spicy. I'm very happy to see it win. Eight cast is probably my second or mm-hmm. third favorite deck in the format. Um, you know, Good old no reserve list. Then, yeah, no reserve list in here. Um, so they, because when the deck first came out, it was you and like Lion's Eye Diamond of Echo and Echo of Aeons, but they don't use that anymore, um, typically speaking. So no oh reserve gosh. list, just a nice solid legacy deck. Chalice of the Void is a $60 card. Sure is. Dude, I have an old board of Chalice. Anybody want to buy it? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> Not me. That's fair. <laughs> Anyone, no one at the time of this recording wants to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know um, Chalices were so darn expensive, man. Yeah, and then so we've done eight cast. Uh, we will just go ahead and do second place since I already have it pulled up. Uh, yeah, of that course. Is, uh, Rug Delverts listed as Tamir Delver. Uh, but that's, you know, that's not what we call it in Legacy. It's nope. Rogue Delver. Uh, and it is 
very much Rug Delver, we got Nimble Mongoose. We got DRC, Nimble Mongoose, and Murktide Regent. Um, that's hilarious to me. Uh, wow. The the funny thing is, I can actually, I could see this pivot a little bit if like the meta is so geared towards removing effectively easy to remove threats. Mm-hmm. And then you just go, well, I'm going to run almost the same list, but I'm going to replace Delver, which is a very easy to remove threat with a 3-3 with Shroud instead. Yep, so, a like, very, very difficult to remove threat. Correct. Especially when everyone else is geared, you know, everyone's using Pyroblasts and Red Elemental Blasts to deal with yep. uh, all these things. And you're like, yeah, uh, the only thing that hits with me, uh, aside from spells, but I mean, it, it hits your Murktide Regent, but Murktide Regent it. is too good to drop. So, Of like, course it is, yeah. But swapping a Delver for a Nimble Mongoose in a meta that's like geared towards killing Delver makes a lot of sense to me. Um, mm -hmm. It also opens up your sideboard a little bit, so you can bring in Carpet of Flowers, which is going to be great in the mirror. Um, that's basically the only, just so everybody knows, that's pretty much the only thing that's changed. We still have Brainstorm, Lightning Bolt, Ponder, Pyroblast, Days, Express Federation, Force Will, and Mistress Bobble in the main. Like, nothing changed. Mm -hmm. uh, they do run three Trops and four Volcanics, but again... That's not much of a cost when you were just running steam vents in those slots, anyways. Yeah. They cut one wasteland, um, so like and you're all they blue red was already all in on not running any basics, so it doesn't you, you don't miss like you're not yep. uh, down any points for that. And splashing into green, uh, or yeah, splashing into green gets you Minsk and Boo, which is a excellent excellent card to be running uh, yeah, against Delver. They will when they you, this guy went hard into it, so he's got carpet of flowers. Veil of Summer, Life from the Loam, and two Minskin Boos. Yeah. So, like, that is a legit, like, a third of his sideboard's green. Yep. He only has one green in the main, but he has a lot of green in the side. And that's really, really taking advantage of, I mean, he's, I mean, I guess, yeah, to say he's weakening his mana base. Because it is weaker to Wasteland for sure than running six uh, Volcanic Islands. But yeah. he's really getting a lot out of it. Yep. So, yeah. Just that, that kind of thing. Not only does it make sense, it's one of those like, you know, hindsight's 2020 kind of things. And I think if I yeah. I looked at him last week, I'm pretty sure some uh, some people were running rug last week as well. Uh, we just didn't talk about it, but I still do check every week just out of curiosity. Um, and I saw a couple of those running around. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. It's just one of those things where it probably has a a slight edge in the Delver mm -hmm. matchup without sacrificing a bunch of points to the combo ridden field that yeah was well, the last when you when weeks. you're prepping for the mirror because there's so much delver especially in that case like the nimble mongoose flip makes a lot of sense yeah um let's see uh see if i can narrow these down so we need to do neely and victor next so looks like third Those and fourth and were, so it yeah, might just be in reverse it order might just then. be in reverse order um uh just we don't know which one's which however they did that but we've got uh we'll just do just guy control we'll just go we're gonna go reverse order so we got just guy control uh let's look at that so this is this is this is a little more like like this is almost the exact list i would want to run if i was going to be playing yeah, in a tournament this is like a lot more traditional draw go like blue white control it's got red in it for expressive iteration and pyroblast of but course why not it doesn't have a bunch of the other like shenanigans from that the next or that the other uh control lists have with like life from the loam and that kind of stuff no no nope. so, yep you're running legit just remove everything counter everything else and then get to the end of the game slam a jace or slam a monastery mentor and swarm yeah um you've got snap snapcaster 
uh, Monastery, Mentor, Narset, Teferi, uh, that's three fairy, uh, Jace, and then your typical blue spell suite with uh, Prismatic Endings and Swords to Plowshares, a Dress Down. Um, nothing in the sideboard we haven't seen before. We got one quarter Grace in the sideboard, which is, uh, we've seen before, but like, it's fairly uncommon. It's a but favorite it's a good of mine. Card if you can get it resolved. I, yep, I love running it in my, uh, in my blue eye control deck because there's, it's just, when you're in the control mirrors, like, it's such a game changer. It just, it completely sways it where, you know, we're totally prepared to just trade one for one, one for one over and over and over. Someone's going to die to Snapcaster Beats or Monastery Mentor, maybe. But yeah, you get to a spot in the middle late game where you can slam a Court of Grace. It is so difficult to remove, and the game is just fucking over. These Like, yeah. in the mirror, the deck is just not prepared to handle Monarch. And especially Monarch that makes fucking 4-4s. Four yeah, I mean, it's it's like super Monarch. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the fact of the matter is... Like, most decks have very few ways to deal with a resolved white enchantment. Yeah. Like, if it was blue, then, you know, Pyroblast still takes care of it or whatever. But yep. the fact of the matter is, it's a four-mana white enchantment. Mm -hmm. it, Unless you're running it, stuff like Disenchant. I mean, Teferi can, three fairy can bounce it. But, I mean, now you have to be looking at the exact mirror because not all yes. of these control lists run three fairy either. But like, um, even in that case where they play it to fairy and bounce it, they still have not touched Monarch. You're still drawing two cards a turn, and you're still going to win that fight. You're yeah. still going to win that game. Yeah, they would They would need another creature to take Monarch mm -hmm. from you along with three fairy. And now yep. you're, you know, you just honestly, yeah. the, the trick with that is you don't play into those situations. Like, you mm -hmm. never play a Monarch card if you're just going to play it, and then just, it's going to be, you expect it to just be taken immediately. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I shouldn't say never because, you know, it's magic and we know how people are yeah but but the vast majority the, of times just p casting court of grace <laughs> and then passing into you know another dude just mage. to draw a card is dumb well those are the games you were going to lose anyway and that's yeah. your last ditch. like you're losing that no matter what anyway so you do that just to see if you rip you know the last swords in your deck or something stupid yeah where it's like well if i cast this and get lucky yeah so i cast it get my monarch it happens to be swords to plowshares and i can kill their one creature they were going to attack with yep. yeah but, you but know, we're chasing down you know, small percentage points. When Court of Grace dodges Pyroblast and Hydroblast, you're dodging between four and six sideboard cards in almost every deck. Yep. Well, and the thing is, is nobody brings in, you know, Serenities around. There's a couple, there are a couple things to remove enchantments. Oh, yeah, but not against blue-white control. no one brings them in against blue-white control. Absolutely you, not. Right. So everybody's bringing yeah. in their pyroblasts because they they want to deal with Narset and Three Fairy and Jace and yep. Snapcaster Mage and crap well, and like that. Catch Force of Will on the stack. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, you know, if you can pyroblast their Force of Will, him to Turok's great when it costs oh, one mana. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what a, <laughs> it's like, what a beating. But but the flip side is all that stuff, a lot <laughs> has to go right for Court of Grace to also work. But it's just kind of one of those cards that in the right circumstances can really pay off. <laughs> I'm actually going to screenshot this. This is probably the exact list. I'd, I probably wouldn't run those duels, but this is like the exact list I'd want to run if I was going to play a legacy tournament next week. Yeah. It's, I mean, it looks pretty stock to what, you know, you used to run. Yeah, this is even down to the uh, the from the ashes in the side, which I love from the ashes. Yeah, so that's destroy all non-basic lands for each land destroyed this way. Gotcha. So it's Armageddon, but you get basics. They get my basics. Yep. Yeah. I shouldn't say Armageddon. It's ruination. But yeah. you get to replace them. Oh, yeah, I love that card. Oh, Super love cool, it. yeah. I'm a, I, I'll i probably put that together, actually, and leave it in the box. So, in third or fourth place, 
<laughs> we've got a uh, four color cascade. So we've been seeing a couple and one of them we're going to talk about a little bit as well, I think, because um, we've got to force the issue to talk about. At least I think so. Well, we're going to move that but on to a different week. Are we? So, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. By all means, reference it, and it's totally cool. Mono Wolf gives us a force the issue about basically about porting, or you know what decks carry over well, and what can you port from modern to legacy. Uh, but yeah. with the Bank of America stuff, I t- I let him know that we're probably going to talk about that next week. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so yeah, this that kind of made me think of it. But now we've got four color Cascade in Legacy, and it's yeah, it's using the same basic stuff. It's crashing footfalls. Mm-hmm. It's a crashing footfalls deck. It's not like a living end or anything, but it's got the same basic stuff, only it's kind of dialed to 11. It's got a bunch of cards that are banned in modern. So yep. we've got Simeon's it, Spirit Guide and Elvish Spirit Guide. So literally, the only cards I see that aren't modern playable are the Minskin Boo, which is obviously just a great plan B. I yeah. mean, that's amazing. And Fast Mana. And there's Force of Will. Oh, I'm sorry. And Force of Will. Yep. So you got yeah. Force of Will which is obviously your best counter magic, but just the way you're ramping it to 11, which you're absolutely right, is just like, hey, all this fast mana they banned out of modern because we don't want to do that. Let's just run that instead, and let's do let's Violent Outburst on turn one. Right. So a couple of those were banned. So Simeon Spirit Guide's banned in modern. Um, Uro's banned in modern, isn't he? Oh, I forgot. Uro did get banned in modern, yeah. too. Yeah. Uro's banned in modern. Elvis Spirit Guide's just not legal. Um, same with Force of Will. But like the principle still stands. Like, yeah, but I mean, like this is well, like, modern you have, deck with slightly better cards. You got your force negations. You got your you have fire and ice for God's sake. You got yep. leyline bindings. Uh, you got brazen borrowers. Well, like the, the funny exact thing same. Is, even in legacy, the fact of the matter is, when you're running these cascade decks, there's still only so many cards you can yep. run. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're still stuck to these cards that kind of double dip on technically cost more than two, but also can be cast for two. Yep. Now, the one thing I will say is this isn't the first time we've seen Shardless Agent in no. uh, Legacy. It used to be Bug Delver. It's just the just, first time we've seen it in the last, bug, like, three years. Like, mid-range. And they would run a couple different things, but the big thing you'd see would be, like, Ancestral uh, Visions, which yes. we don't see in this. This is just going to the face. I don't think they want to waste time. They'd rather just have nope. Uro in their deck. Because that's to me, that seems like the natural thing to replace would be one of either like if you wanted to run ancestral visions you'd either you'd be looking at brazen borrower uro or minskin boo to take out because or fire nice basically you're kind of like flex yeah. slots and like n- i'd rather just have uro than a draw three yep. because well, like the, there's a, there's a lot of times it, ancestral visions just sucks I say i was gonna say in my opinion i'd most of the time rather just have eight power with trample than draw well, that, three well yeah there's there's that too but like the fact of the matter is, like, if you were looking... Because, like, a lot of these decks would run more than four. So, like, you'd have a couple different options to hit, and it was about just mm-hmm. generating value. This mm-hmm. is very much an aggressive form of it. So, like, not only do you not want to just waste time drawing three cards off your hit, like, the fact of the matter is, like, Ancestral Vision sucks ass when you draw it yep <laughs> like uro doesn't minskin boo uro doesn't does not. brazen borrower don't doesn't like yeah. you've got like why why would i bother doing that when i could just have cards in my hand so yep. Mi- minimize these crappy suspend spells so you yep. like you know least chance to draw them put good shit in your deck and i think there's something also to be said for the consistency of I know when i cast charlotte's agent i'm going to hit crashing yeah. footballs yeah you cast charlotte's agent and you get 10 power 
Yes. Like I know for a fact that if my opponent's attacking in and I can get Violent Outburst off, I know for a fact I'm going to have two blockers to, who knows, yeah. you know, maybe blow them out, maybe survive, but there's no missing. And, you know, Julian talks about, I'm referencing Julian, Julian Nah, but, you know, power and consistency. Like, you should always maximize power, but consistency is pretty fucking scary when you can get it. Well, and the fact of the matter is it's not, to me, it's not obvious that drawing three cards is inherently better yeah. than and putting eight, ten power, power eight or ten power. With trample. Or, yeah, eight power right. with trample. And so. it's all and diversified between two cards. I mean, it's also, like, everything about Crushing Footfalls is insane. Yeah. It's not um, eight, because one eight eight would be infinitely worse than two four fours. In the current, like... In a lot of metas that, like in EDH, I would rather have one eight eight than two four. That's that's fair. That's fair. But in Legacy, I would absolutely rather have two four fours than one eight eight. Yep. Because like the vast majority of things, again, it's slightly worse against something like Murktide Regent because Murktide can stonewall this game, uh, crashing footballs all day. Yeah, that's true. But other than Murktide or another combo deck, like you'd rather just have the two four fours, assuming they yep. have trample, and then to, yeah, to back it up. We've got Leyline Binding as well. That's something we don't want to overlook. Uh, as much shade as we throw at Watsy because of yeah. Leyline Binding, someone is playing it. <laughs> it is seeing some play. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, this is a really cool list. I I had not seen this yet. I've I've heard people. I've heard of people talking of porting it over. I hadn't seen it put up results, and this is legit results. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, sideboard. We've got a bunch of stuff you could probably predict. So we've got uh, a lot of the elementals. So uh, the elementals and the forces. So you got four endurance, duh. Two force of vigors, three mind break traps, two furies, a whole breacher, a containment priest, and two collector oaths. So Dude. basically everything in there either hits, like explicitly hits from like crashing mm-hmm. footballs that you'd want to be able to get. So like a lot of those are decent tricks. So like crash or using like violent outburst in response to natural order to get a That's containment priest is nuts <laughs> what do you want to bet when those cards come in all the footfalls come out yeah and we yeah we change out of a a footfalls deck and we move into just a sweet mid-range deck with uro and mints because these are gonna be combo decks yep and you're gonna get just huge fucking blowouts by you know your opponent going to fucking you know your storm player trying to go off and you're like oh uh yeah I'm going to vow an outburst for Collector Roof. Yeah. So, sorry about you. By all means, if you want, go ahead and resolve that Adnaz uh, and get all the artifact mana you want. Right. And then the other things just, you know, you just cast in your hand for from your hand for free, which yeah. we've talked about before ad nauseum when we're talking about um, uh, modern Cascade, where it's just like, the only, the only one that's a little awkward, in my opinion, is Hole Breacher, where like, mm-hmm. it costs three, so you can't hit it off your violent outburst. There's no way to cheat it out or anything. Um, I'd be curious to know like why, what exactly that's in there for. I'll bet Obviously that's in there it for a reason. It's probably in there to take some of those violent outburst slots. So if you're taking, and I don't know how the sideboard is going to work because you're talking about moving a lot of cards in and out. But if you're taking the crashing footfalls out and just putting in one or two, like an oof or a containment priest, then having all those cascade spells or those is just not that good. Like, Violent Outburst is kind of bad when you're not hitting something great. So, if I had to guess, I would say you take out maybe the Crashing Footfalls for some answers. And then you just got, like, I take out, like, one or two Violent Outbursts just to put something else in there. And, and Hole Breacher's decent. It's a three-mana flash. Uh, it does beat face. It does shut down a lot of blue decks pretty well. Endurance, obviously, like, uh, Endurance yeah, that- is great against Delver. It's good against combo decks that you might be bringing Containment Priest in anyway. 
all the pitch spells make sense to me. I just I want I would like to know the matchups in particular because obviously this deck is relatively new to Legacy, so mm-hmm. I'd like to know like what uh, D Neely or Neely um, why in like why precisely Holt Breacher as opposed to yeah. something else. You know what I mean? Because I mean you could yeah. everything about Holt Breacher as far as mana cost and everything could be said for a dozen other cards. So mm-hmm. like like choke would be a good example. You know, like, I mean, Choke does, yeah. it plays a different role, but as far as, like, when you would pop it in and out for, like, crashing footballs and stuff like that, I'm curious as to why Hole Breacher over other stuff. So That's fair. Um, but we'll never find out. So <laughs> if anybody knows. <laughs> Probably not. If anybody, uh, uh, you know, wants to hit us up and uh, in, answer uh, that question, that'd be great. Enlighten but, us. Yeah. So next up, we are going to do, because the rest is just the top eight, we're just going to keep going in reverse order. We've got Mono Red Prison. Let's see if there's anything exciting here. Looks like we've got the, we're back to Goblins. So we got Rabble Master and War Bosses, uh, Simeon Spirit Guide. That's standard. Uh, one Squee seems to be pretty common in these, Squee Dubious Monarch, uh, mm-hmm. which we've talked about before. And then the uh, Initiative One, the Initiative Guy. So Caves of the uh, Caves of oh. Chaos Adventure. Yep, the four mana, the four, four mana, mana five, five three. three with trample. Yeah, which rapidly becomes a seven five. I think. I think the second thing on initiative. Oh is yep. Once you hit initiative two. twice, it gets huge. Yeah. Um, then we got the shatter skull smashing, which we've seen before. Chalice, Chromox, unlicensed hearse, Trinosphere, uh, full blood moon, and yep. four fable the mirror breaker. So pretty standard like, stuff here. Like this deck basically has what four eight eleven. Uh, 15, 19, 20. This, this deck has 23 mana fuck you on turn one permanence. Yep. Fable the Mirror Breaker being by far the worst one to hit on turn one, but like turn one Blood Moon, turn one Rabble Master, turn one War Boss, turn one Squee, uh, turn one Trinosphere. Like your opponent is being put to the boards quick. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest one, I don't, I'm sure you know, but just Chalice of the Void. Turn one Chalice. Yeah, and Chalice. Is well, Chalice is, only, Chalice is just a two-mana one. That's it. You get that yeah. one for free. You just get an extra, you know, that's just your ancient tomb. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's just yeah, as far you, as turn one plays. Yeah, if you can get, so that puts you at 24, because you're totally right. I kind of looked over it as a three-drop. Like, yeah, you have 24 turn one, or if you don't want to count Fable, because Fable's kind of middling. So sol- 20, 20 solid turn one fuck you plays. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, like uh, so, Red Prison is the second most played deck in this top thirty-two. Uh, apparently, it wasn't an, quite enough to keep Delver nope. down. <laughs> well, there's only ten percent so, of it. Yeah. There's only it's it, it's half as much as Delver. So half the Delver decks didn't even play against it. Yeah, that's not how numbers work, guys. Don't listen to that. It's, I'm just making things up. <laughs> uh, sideboard. We've seen all this stuff before. It all kind of makes sense. Pyroblast, Magus of the Moon. So you got even more uh, Blood Moons. Uh, Dead and Gone. Uh, fiery Confluence and for Leyline of the Void. Mm-hmm. So, don't forget, guys. Leyline of the Void is is I, I still maintain pretty good tech against most Delver decks. Uh, it, basically, everybody's come along on that. I don't think we're yeah. we're not really in the minority in that position anymore. Yeah, um, that it, it just shuts down so much in Delver. Yeah, it's just they can't like if they have no graveyard, most of their threats suck. Like yeah, Murktide I mean, becomes well, uncastable. Look, DRC. Look at that never teamer flips. list. DRC sucks dick. Murktide is uncastable, and Nimble Mongoose sucks. Yep. And then yeah, what the are deck, they going to do? Beat you to it death doesn't with fold. 
it doesn't fold, but it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have answers and whatnot, but because uh, if I remember, uh, well, that, that's kind of unusual. Not, I shouldn't say unusual because it's relatively a new recurrence of this deck, but I'm surprised to not see, I hadn't noticed it when we first looked at it, but Rug Delver doesn't have a Brazen Borrower in it. Mm-hmm. That's that's yep. It's just weird. it's just stone cold to a uh, to a resolved or uh, resolved is the wrong word, but a stock ley line. Yeah, well, I mean, same thing with like a the we were just talking about Court of Grace. Like, yep. Once it hits, that's true. It's just there. Yeah. And Court of Grace is very. It's not quite as good against Delver if it hits as it nope. is against Control because they have far more threats. But the fact of yeah. the matter is, if you can start, I mean, if you can start throwing down four, four angels, the first yeah. one, if they don't have a Merktide, is going to carry the game. It, presumably, like, if you stick it in a position where you're at parity, you have almost certainly won. Yeah. And they have no way to deal with that either. So Nope. They're just fucked. Yep. And you know so, what my favorite place for Delver to be is? Fucked. Uh, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth? <laughs> <laughs> no. I want yeah. them to be. I want Delver to be fucked as possible. Fuck those decks. And if you yeah, play Blue Red Delver, listener, uh, I'm glad you enjoy a legacy deck. Fuck your deck. <laughs> Jake has a personal grudge against Blue Red Delver. I fucking hate I Wasteland wasn't, d- days. Yep. I just wish it wasn't quite as prominent. <laughs> Anywho, uh, talking about this list, uh, we've got Delver Seekers DRC. This is pretty stock list. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, the funny thing is, <clears throat> to be clear, again, other than the the Delver and the Brazen Borrower, it's basically identical to the Rug list. To be clear. I would not ban Blue Red Delver out of Legacy. I wouldn't. I would keep it as a at a respectable play level, and I would fucking hate playing against it. But I'm glad it's there. You know what I? Well, you know what I hate playing against worse? The top eights where there's two Delver lists and six combo decks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yep. the fact of the matter is, is combo is everywhere, and Delver's the most played deck. Just a top eight of turn one, you lose the fucking game. I mean, that's I. it might have been last week or it could have been this week, but Saturday, that's what it was. It was like two Delver decks and then six combo decks. Gotcha. Like, yeah, that's, that's not great either. it might have been one Delver and one Control, something like that. But yeah, I was just like, ugh. But that, I mean, that's what I've been harping on for a while now is the problem is there's almost, there are very few, and we're getting to the point where it's almost no fair non-blue decks. Yeah. And I mean, a fair deck's uh, that's if a problem. You, I don't know if you count Delver as fair, Delver, I don't know if Tempo counts as fair. Maybe it kind of does. I personally, like, Delver in general pays for its spells and it wins through combat. I, yeah, but that to me by, are the two defining things with fair. Yeah, you're not wrong. But by paying for its spells, you mean eight one mana three threes and four two mana eight eights. Being hyper efficient, it's not Delver's <laughs> fault. <laughs> That's true. It's not cheating anything out. It's not paying three for an Emrakul that costs 15. Yeah. That's true. That's Delver true. So it definitely is cost one mana. <laughs> it's it's not on its the fault. fair side, but yes. it's not what I it's not what I envision. When I think of a fair deck, and well, no, I would love bro- to see well, more. Delver's a perfect fair. example of a broken fair deck. That's like, true. That's a good. That's a good way to look at it. It's 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 still fair. It's just broken, and we'd, we've seen those before. I mean, uh, a good example would be like Callblade in Standard, where it's mm-hmm. like they're casting. You know, whatever uh, squadron hawks and jaces and stoneforge mystics. Like the problem is, those cards were just way too powerful yeah. for standard. <laughs> they paid for all of them. Yeah. Whereas you know, Sahili cat combo or whatever the hell that was is definitely an unfair deck. Oh, Feldar Sovereign and yeah. the Sahili, insta so, win. 
yeah uh the only looks like the only fair non-blue deck i mean there is mono there's mono red prison you know that's again riding that line of fair but they are paying for their spells yeah <laughs> but there's a mono blacklist that i do want to like at least mention at some point uh okay we've talked about it before but since we brought it up and shit i just looked at it even that has helm of obedience and Leyline of the void never mind <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey if you're only gonna run black you might as well run that cheeky win yeah yep and i mean the fact of the matter is you're playing uh you're if you're playing mono black you are running the race with one leg so i don't care if it's a cyber lake <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't we always make the joke in it's like Commander, but the uh, you know Caracas is banned in a Commander. But if you're running mono white, you can have Caracas. That's okay. Yeah, you should absolutely be able to have. If you're yep. gonna run mono white, keep your Caracas. Go for it. If you're gonna hamstring yourself so much that you only get white, yeah, it's fine. You can you bounce can even have one a Commander. Purple. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> or Mox Pearl. I said purple. I meant yeah. Mox Pearl. I, I know what you meant. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Naya Depths with a Minskin Boo. Um, and uh, Pyroblast. That's that's our red cards in here. But it's basically <laughs> yep. green-white depths. We've you know, talked about it before. Let's see if there's anything new. Uh, Sylvan Safekeeper, we see bounce in and out of some of these lists. Uh, Outland Liberator, same thing. We see yep. it you know, crop up every now and then. Yep. Um, this seems to be the endurance. traditional 12 rot we've seen for many, many weeks now. Yep. Just the, the new edition of Minsk and Boo. We saw the Pyroblast on the side for a long time. Uh, this deck's coming in at $8,700. <laughs> Because of well, <laughs> unlike normal, this one is running a tabernacle. Most yeah. of these lists don't. Almost five thousand dollars of that is sunk into one land. Yeah, that's. Silly. I can't believe they when they put the, they put those in packs and the price didn't even come down. I know it's like they weren't even trying. Man, oh well. You know what you should do? Drop like a bunch of money on fake cards to. Uh, Obviously, you won't pull a tabernacle. Matt, but maybe you could Matt. pull a, f- a nope, nope. I don't care, Maro. Uh, we fake, don't distinguish. Maybe you could pull a fake black lotus and sell it for a real tabernacle. <laughs> Matt, we don't like to distinguish between real and fake cards, Matt. Yeah, I don't know who we is in that, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, how I determine if a card's fake or not? Can well, I play I imagine, it at a tournament? Yeah, I imagine it has a lot to do with whether or not Watsy will let me play it in their own tournaments. Yeah. That it would... turns out Watsy has never allowed fake cards in their tournaments. Yeah, including uncards. Yeah, Morrow. Anywho, so sideboard of this, uh, like I said, one Tabernacle, a couple Deafening Silence, Pyroblast, Choke, Endurance, Force of Vigor, Minskin Boo. Pretty standard stuff. The The sideboards, it's one of the things you, you can kind of notice when a... I mean, this isn't always the case, but like with Legacy in particular, you can kind of tell that the metagame is solidified around Delver because like half of sideboards are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you got chokes and the... endurance and pyroblasts and crap like that. So like Best cards against Delver. half of everybody's sideboard is devoted to beating one deck or at least largely uh, yeah. informed by one deck. <laughs> yep. Um, and then rounding out the top eight, we've got another blue red Delver list. So this looks almost the exact same yeah. as the last one. Yep, I think they have, a, they have an unholy heat instead of two py- pyroblasts. Ooh, wow. gotcha. The spice. I feel like yeah. we're in Dune here. Yeah, um, nothing, nothing special in those uh, in those Delver decks. The closest thing we had to special was a Teamer list because it was you know running Nimble Mongoose. But even beyond that, it's still just a blue red Delver list. Yeah, with a cut co- again with a couple good green cards in the side, but it's just a blue red Delver list in the main. Yeah. And then we've got that. Like I said, I do want to talk about that blacklist a little bit just to go over it. Um, 
we've talked about it before, but anytime a mono black list comes up, we should at least give them a shout out. So we got True Futurism, got 10th place with mono black, uh, Dothy Voidwalker, Turok, Opposition Agent, Rotting Regisaur, and Sheldred. So get get in there, Legacy All Star, All Star of Sheldred, the Apocalypse. Yep. Then yep. we got. I Karn can't believe how much. Oh, can't believe how much play that card is seeing. Right. I was so wrong. I mean, like, it's not everywhere in modern and everywhere in legacy, but I was so wrong. Yeah, I mean, it 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 made perfect sense to me that it was going to be. Now, it made perfect sense to me that it was. Go, I interrupt myself a lot. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me that it was going to see play in standard. Like, I saw that and I was like, that'll see play in standard. It's even basically yeah. designed to see play in standard because it's a mythic. And I know mm-hmm. that, you know, not every mythic is good, but the fact of the matter is they just printed one of the main characters in the story as a mythic and she's awesome. So, yeah, they're going <coughs> to push her. Duh. Yeah. Just from like a financial standpoint, they're going to push her. Uh, she's very good. But like, I didn't think, like, had you told me, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I think that's going to see play in Legacy. I'd just Legacy. Like, are you or high? <laughs> multiple legacy decks, <laughs> right? So, yep. But hey, it, it, it's it's a good card. It is a it is a good. It's what it's when resolved, and if you can resolve and protect it, and you know things like Thoughtseize uh, do help protect it. Him and and, and Torok and whatnot. It does end games. It is something you can turtle up behind. It makes it very hard for your opponent to dig for answers, like people love to do in Legacy. Yep, it's got reach. So even if. You know, even if you can't even get in, it's still doming them for two. Yep. If it so. just ends up staring at a 5-5 five, five across the board, yep. it, it 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 shuts down. Um, I don't know what 5-5 five, five I'm thinking of, but it shuts down the relevant creature your opponent has, if, unless it has flying, like Merktide, yep. and it also just takes away. And you're gaining life, too. Yeah, it's a four-point life swing every turn. Yep. Um, but yeah, then we got the Karn sideboard, which we've discussed at length as well. I'm still surprised to see Sky, Sky Sovereign console flagship in, in any deck other than Grease Fang and Pioneer. But yeah, it makes no sense. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, do you want a you want a vehicle that uh, what is it when it enters the battlefield or attacks, you get a lightning bolt? Yeah. Crew three. So let's see. So it's opposition agent. I mean, obviously your big ones could crew it, but why would you? Um, Dothy, and, Dothy opposition and opposition agent. agent. Maybe a Torok. And. Uh, it does. It does let Sheldra do damage without having to force her to attack. Yeah, and like, let me see. You can also plus your artifacts. Do you have any artifacts? You would do that too. Eh, probably not. <laughs> so, well, you could make it a you could plus it. Yeah, because it, does, it doesn't say when it's crude. It just when it attacks. So yeah, yeah you could you, you could just plus, plus it. it and it's, it does in theory. It should still have flying. Yeah, it should. It, yeah, it has all that shit. Yeah. So it still is a six five with flying, and when it attacks, it bolts something. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Do you know what Sky Sovereign actually can do? It can attack into a Merktide. Yeah, that's true. You swing in, you bolt the Merktide. It's sitting at five health. No. Yeah. Wow. What a dumb card. Yep. Another five mana vehicle. Uh, and then this deck just rounds it out with they've got the the Karn sideboard, which has you know various stuff like Karn and Ensnaring Bridge. Uh, and then just a bunch of like uh, silver bullets. Yep, an extra uh, e- extra helm of obedience in the side. Sorry, I said Karnan and Snaring Bridge. I meant Karn and Mycosynth Lattice to like combo. Oh off yes, and nobody can do anything. Y- your opponents can't do anything. Um, and then yeah, you've got helm of obedience and Leyline in the void to just win the game outright. And then mm-hmm, a bunch of swamps, mm-hmm. a bunch of different swamps. I know for some reason when it got ported <laughs> over, the lands are like one swamp, one swamp, one swamp, two swamp, one swamp, two swamp, one swamp. Yep. So that's yeah, hilarious. that's legacy. That's our top eight plus 10th place. 
Uh, and ninth place was Mono Red Prison, just so we don't. In leave fairness, them out. we can't prove that was tenth place. Who fucking knows? Yeah, but they placed somewhere in the top thirty-two. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, again, take these metagame summaries with a grain of salt, but uh, we're gonna go through our percentages. Blue Red Delver. 22% seven of the top 32 don't forget there's also at least one uh, rug delver list in there which we've mm-hmm. talked about is basically blue red delver uh, so that's seven or eight of the top 32 uh, other is listed at 12 and a half percent that's going to be well there's another red rug list hey look there's <laughs> another rug list <laughs> that's just listed as uh, it's just got the symbols but instead of rug it's blue it's blue red green so now we're up to nine Delver lists. Oh, yep. <laughs> Did you notice looking Man, down a little that... farther, there's another four-color cascade list in this top 32. Yeah, I, I did see that too. So we've got two four-color cascades, which is hilarious. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, then you've got to tack on to the Delver thing, I guess the Murktide train. We don't also have Death Shadow, which is, I don't want to say it's the same, but it's close enough. It's a Murktide list. So. Yep. Uh, most played cards. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got blue, red, Delver, mono, red, prison, and then a bunch of two of one ups. Like it's that's pretty sacked heavily on the Delver end as far as the metagame breakdown. Uh, yes. Most played cards: uh, Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Expressive Iteration, and Days. So Ew. that deck sound familiar at all to anybody? Hey, hey, hey Force of Will is <laughs> only sixty six percent of the meta. Don't worry about it. And just to reiterate my point. Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Expressive Iteration, Days, Murktide, Regent, DRC, Lightning Bolt, Pyroblast. So eight of the top ten most played cards are Blue Red Delver. And then nine Which, if you want to include Pyroblast because they also run that. So I would nine, say, yeah, I, I, yeah, nine of those are Delver yeah, cards. Yeah, or anti-Delver cards. Yes. That, yep. And then Lotus Petal is number ten. <laughs> yeah, and then Reanimator or something stupid. Yeah, just shenanigans basically top creatures murktide drc delver of secrets then we got uh, a couple others uh simian spirit guide and then brazen borrower which is unusual um doesn't have very many copies but it's well, in 34 percent of decks that's one of the things yep. to keep in mind here is like when we read it off it it it's doing number of copies that's the order we do it in not necessarily appearance in decks Mm-mm. so four ofs are going to have a natural advantage in this yep so things like simian spirit guide where that's only showing up as four of a kind in a deck trying to do do broken things yeah um top spells force of will brainstorm ponder express federation and days so yeah that's legacy another uh delver heavy week yeah can't say i'm yeah, surprised once again nine percent guys nine percent um, i'm just glad that someone has figured out a way to make leyline binding good enough to maybe rein these delver decks in yeah maybe i think I think I think Watsy talked about it, and everyone was like, just just trying to be. There. Everyone laughed at, it and is like, I mean, I guess we'll try it. Sure, Watsy, and it's it has stuck in maybe two decks. So, well, Leyline I mean, in fairness, would be great if Wasteland wasn't everywhere. Yeah, that's that's why it's 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 so stinking good in modern because running triumphs, who fucking cares? Yeah, run a triome or two. Run up, run off color triomes, because who gives a shit? But in legacy, you can't fucking be like, yeah, I'll fetch a triome so that I can on turn two make my binding. Co- oh, you wasteland. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. Cool. Not only did I, you know, play a tapped land, but now it's gone. Yeah, I did nothing on turn one and then got time walked. Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. 
All right, let's head over to modern. Uh, Matt, why don't you hop in there because you're on that page still. Grab me at least first and second for yep. uh, this modern challenge. But I do love the time. fact that now if you uh, if you want to find the modern, the the moto results are a lot easier to find now. You just go to mtgo.com as opposed to having to go to Watsy and like I had the page oh, bookmarked, yeah. but like. It's, and it's just right there under deck lists. So Much that nicer. is a good change. Uh, so modern challenge from November 13th. Uh, looks so like the, not Cicero oh, and um, Remeliers. So not Cicero won 2 Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's nothing in here. So not Cicero is third and Remelios is eighth. So uh, first place, we've got Amulet Titan with not Cicero. This is a monogreen titan list. Uh, our, uh, our, our our boreal grazer, Asusa, Dryad, Primetime, one cultivator. You know, I nothing here that nothing here that even remotely is out of place. This is a stock list. Yeah. This is this is what I would expect if I just like went to the like went and Googled Legacy Amulet Titan, or I shouldn't say Legacy Modern Amulet Titan, and just downloaded it and put it on on MTGO, um, Sun Home, and Slayer Stronghold as your finishers with your Titan, but nope, nothing, nothing in the main that is interesting in the side, maybe a little bit of spice in this Cura, the boundless sky. Mm-hmm. So three green, green for a flying death touch. And this was, in my opinion, a wonderful bit of design from Watsi in Kamigawa. They made all these dragons that they only do a thing when they die, not when the ETB, not when they deal damage, not when you cast them. You only get a broken thing if you lose the creature. Yep. Well, that's the way the original dragons were. If I remember correctly, well, that's awesome. That's how they, that's how that's how you should make creatures super powerful. Is they're really good when they're gone. Let's see here. Let me double check. Just to I'll check one. Uh, yeah. So the one I used to run in. Yeah. So when Kokosho the Evening Star is put into the graveyard from play, each opponent loses five life. You gain life equal to a life loss yeah. this way. Yep. Yeah. So they. Were so this one, just... the the one Cura, you get. Uh, you can search your library for up to three land cards and then put them in your hand, which obviously is you know yep, pretty good. good in this deck. And then you've got you can create an XX spirit token or X the number of lands you control. So either you get to go get three of any land you want, which is probably going to be an Urza, maybe two Urza sagas and something else, and you also get a uh, or you get a big big, you get a giant you know yeah. six six or whatever. Yep. Or Other you than get that, something though, that like in two turns guarantees you a win. So you get mm-hmm. your like, like if you haven't hit a land drop that turn, you can play your sun home, that kind of thing. Where like you can, or you drop your Valakuts if you're setting up for a later oh, thing. Yep. You so can like get Valakut Vesuva. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you could do, given that you run a bunch of stuff. But then there's also just the, the value play of, uh, I get three lands, uh, Saga Saga Saga. Yeah, I'm can just you, you know beat I, that other fair. I've already deck? got, <laughs> already got six mana out. I'm just gonna play a bunch of sagas and make you know 25 power in right. in dudes so you said second place was inter no remeliers yeah remeliers so remeliers came in second place with indomitable creativity uh this is the reanimator list that puts my reanimator list to shame but i'm not changing because i love my list and your uh, list also kind of... you don't have to buy fable the mirror breaker <laughs> ren and six or ren and six <laughs> i actually i actually have four fables now but i will not yeah, be buying ren and six your fables uh, extra shout out to Mono Wolf for making that happen. Really appreciate that. He helped me get those. Um, four Archons, Ren and Six and Teferi. Four, four Ren, three Teferi. Uh, two Persist, like we're used to seeing. And then you got four Indomitable Creativity, one Transmogrify. One interesting addition here that I love seeing, a card that I kind of called out. I don't know if I said on the podcast, but I saw it and thought it was great. Shadow Prophecy. Two and a black for an instant. Has Domain. 
look at the top X cards, where X is the number of basic land types, put two of them into your hand, and the rest into the graveyard. Um, decks like this, where you're getting extra value from your graveyard, this is insanely good. And this is already a four-color list. Uh, I'm not going to look through the land super close. I almost guarantee there's the f- there's all five land types in here because it's so easy to do. Yeah, well, they're running Leyline line binding, so... Oh, yep. So, yeah, absolutely running all five. And so the ability to, you know, at the end of a turn, three mana, you look five cards deep, put two of them into your hand, and bin the rest. That is so much value. And not that it's going to happen all the time, but that Shadow Prophecies put up to two of them in your hand. So in oh, theory, yeah. if you really need it, like, I mean, we're talking, you know, corner case magic here, because yep. that's what we do. You could bin them all. You could look at the yeah. top five and mill five. Well, it's... it's more options is never a problem. Right. It's never bad to have more choice, and that's just more choice. Uh, also, you do lose two life at the end of that. Don't want to yeah. misread the card too much. Um, some Prismari Commands, uh, four Fable the Mirror Breaker, because duh. Yep. Four Leyland Binding, because duh. A bunch of lands that you can fetch out and get all your land types super easy, including the four Dwarven Mines, which is a which a bad card, but so good in this deck. Crack a Fetch Land, go get a red source, make a dude, transmogrify it. Yep. <laughs> and then in the sideboard, uh, nothing particularly crazy. We do have that Terra Sunder Matt's been talking about. That's a pretty good removal spell that we see popping up occasionally. Very versatile. Yeah, I mean, well, one... it's, it's in my opinion, it's like the obvious replacement to like any sort of just straight up disenchant or yeah. nature's or uh, the green disenchant. It's not nature's claim because nature's claim is up there, but whatever. Oh. Naturalize. It's naturalize. Naturalize. Yep. It's exile as well. <clears throat> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a strict upgrade to any yeah one in the yeah. green disenchant. Yep. The ability to play kicker it and because doesn't, doesn't a kick it let it hit anything? Yeah, if it was kicked, exile target non land permanent instead. Like that yeah. card is legit. Yeah, that's a pretty good card. So, and then the only thing is like one unmoored ego, which is just good for those maybe combo style decks. Or I mean, it's pretty good against crash uh, crashcade. Yeah. Cool. The deck that gets a lot worse when it can't make <laughs> it can't make nothing. four force. Yep. yep. Good job. And if you're on the play, uh, after it comes th- down the last turn, it needs two. <laughs> So after that, I'm just going to start at the top and work our way down. So we've got Lord Egg with a deck we do not see very often, Simic Hardened Scales. Now I'm going to reference uh, Aspiring Spike because I have not played this list. I haven't even seen this list played really. Uh, but he cl- he calls it one of, if not the hardest deck to play perfectly in Modern. Um, I should say I've seen it. I have seen Hardened Scales once or twice. I've never seen anyone pilot Hardened Scales. I've seen him lose to it a few times, and the deck looks fucking terrifying. There's so both to play against and to pilot. There's so much moving around. The math gets very complicated as you are getting hardened scales down and summoning things with extra counters, sacking things to make more counters, moving counters around, getting double counters on them. Yeah, the de- it's, it's, it's the deck is crazy. It hasn't seen a ton of play since Mox Opal got banned. Um, it was kind of an evolution of Affinity, and then Urza got Mox Opal banned, and hardened mm-hmm. scales just kind of was a casualty of that yeah it hasn't seen a ton of it hasn't seen a ton of play since then neither has affinity like affinity kind of pops up every now and then we talk about it whenever i notice it but like yep. it's kind of in that same realm of yeah you can take it every now and then you're going to top eight with it but like it's not in even probably the top 10 decks in modern right now so yeah it's, it's not, just not, a, not, not even really, close yeah i mean the, the, I would... the, the hardcore like hardened scales guys are can probably still do well, really well because yeah but you know it's still doing a strong thing but it's not like nearly on, as consistent on play rate it probably isn't a tier, it probably isn't even a tier three deck like power no. level it might be but 
in terms of like building your when you build your deck, do not put sideboard cards in for hardened skills probably. Yeah. Um, well, so some of the drivers were like not only is it like something like indomitable creativity, and this is not a shot at any of the people that play this deck, but like that's very similar to like show and tell, where like there's you can absolutely gain points by playing that deck well. The floor is pretty high though. Yeah. Like the floor is still spend four mana. Just, yeah, the floor is spend four mana and cheat out Archon, who single handedly yeah, wins the game. It might be five. But yeah. Yeah, just tap some mana. Crack a land to make a creature and spend four or five mana and make an Archon and that wins most games. Right. Meanwhile, <laughs> You're playing a bunch of XXs and like zero yeah. zeros for two that have tokens so you, that you're trying to make better. If you've never even seen Hardened Scales work, it's going to revolve around a couple cards. One of them is the card Hardened Scales, one green for an enchantment. Whenever you would put one or more plus one plus one counters on a creature, it gets one extra. So you're always upping it by one, which most of the time is doubling it. Usually you put a plus one plus one counters, so now you're doubling it. Another card is going to revolve around is the Ozolith. So whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, you put them onto the Ozolith, and then at the beginning of combat on your turn, you move the counters from the Ozolith onto that creature. So obviously, so Hardened Scales doesn't give it extra counters going onto the Ozolith, but you... you have the ability to take all these creatures like uh, like Zabaz that comes in with a plus one plus one counter, uh, Patchwork Automaton which comes in as a one one but you know is going to be getting multiple multiple counters, uh, Arcbound Ravenger which is another key part of this deck where it comes in with one plus one plus one counter. You're you can sacrifice other creatures to put counters on it, but <laughs> it's, it's so fucking crazy. So you have like things like Patrick Automaton or Zabaz that have counters. You sacrifice them to put some counters onto Arcbound Ravager. The counters from the, those creatures go onto the Ozolith. Then when you go to combat, those creatures go back onto the Arcbound Ravager. Don't forget, when you're sacking creatures with the Arcbound, you're getting extra counters from Hardened Scales. When it, then the uh, the original counters go onto the Ozolith. When those come off the Ozolith back onto Arcbound Ravager, you get extra again. You punch someone really fucking hard, and then you sack the Arcbound Ravager to itself and move all the counters onto a Walking Ballista, and then just dome them for 15. Yep. This deck is crazy. A lot of stuff gets moved. You're moving a lot of pieces. It's very complicated. The numbers, it's very hard to do the math in your head unless you're very good at it. But when you are good at it, the deck is very, very, very strong. Yeah, it's uh, super cool. A lot of it is... I don't want to say identical, but it's very similar to the way like old school affinity used to play. Like Arcbound Ravenger, if people have been playing forever, that card used to terrorize uh, standard mm-hmm. during the uh, Mirrodin block. So like anybody who's been playing for a while knows the power of that card. And then you yeah. you just you know you just dial it to eleven with stuff like the Ozolith, Hardened Scales, or even like. Uh, animation module is really cool so whenever you put a plus one plus one counter on a permanent you control you can pay one if you do you make a servo mm-hmm. well you can then make that sacrifice that servo to put plus one plus one counters yep. on things another on like kind of, ravager, ravager another tangent is hanger back walker so this like xx that comes in with counters but you can move all those counters onto it make it like a 10 10 when you sack it you then make 10 creatures and don't forget if you have the ozolith which you don't always have the ozolith but if you have the ozolith those 10 plus one plus one counters go back onto the Ozolith. Yep. You're just, you're recycling. You're always adding to it. You're, they're always going up a little higher. You're just getting to reuse these counters over and over and over again. And they grow 
exponentially is probably wrong, but they grow very, very quickly. Yeah. So bring a bag of dice if you have this. Yeah, this is... I don't think this is... This is what people call Dice Factory, but, like, it's the same idea. Like, when your opponent gets out that, like, box of 30 D6s, there's a solid chance they're on uh, Hardened Scales. Yeah. Any deck that runs Land of War Reborn has my vote. (laughs) Like, enters the battlefield tapped, tap to add a green, graft one. Like, that's the funny... I used to run that uh, in Standard back in the day, in, like, Lower Wind Block Standard... Just as a decent land, just makes dudes bigger. And yeah, and in this deck, like so, you take that one, matters. There's times you take that one plus one plus one counter, and by the end, you know after moving some parts around, you're at that plus one plus one counter becomes six plus one plus one counters. Yeah, and that's the thing. That'd be something. It'd be really fun to watch if like there was like a some software that you could track a specific counter and uh-huh. how many times it generated an additional counter yep. from getting moved around. Or just some value. How many times it? How many times it got used and like just got bumped on the way by? Yep. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, the only thing I see that's like kind of really interesting in the sideboard. Uh, there's a lot of basic stuff, you know, like nature's claims and Grafter's cages and chalices and stuff. Uh, 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 Tamio safekeeping uh, is the Orvar the all form. And I think we talked about it the last time we recorded. But mm-hmm. this four mana three three that is pretty freaking bad unless unless an opponent makes you discard it because if an opponent makes you discard this 3-3 shape shapeshifter changeling you get to put it into play as a copy of any creature on the battlefield yeah archon archon of cruelty that's exactly what it is yeah and there's two of them because that's how that's how prevalent and dominant creativity is uh next up we have a or no sorry uh, yeah, because not Cicero was third place. Yep. Notorious in second place is another indomitable creativity list. Another five color list with leyline binding and archons of cruelty. And I mean, realistically, looking at this, almost the exact same list. Yeah. Some fire and ices to slow them down in the mid game. I think we had those in the other list. Like, I don't. Three spell pierces, three lightning bolts. Nothing here looks different. Yeah. One sundering titan in the side. That's- yeah. A tighten in the side a little, a little bit of a turn the earth in the side like a little bit of here and there a little different but nothing really noteworthy uh jumping down to would be none of these numbers are correct but you know fourth place on the list we've got hammer time this is going to be your azorius hammer time with the reality chip with three spell pierce and then in your sideboard you actually have a couple of three fairies a couple lavinias and one fluster storm and then after that you're pretty much talking just a basic bitch mono white hammer time list uh what we have four memnites no ornithopters which i always feels wrong to me why would you want the zero mana one one over the zero mana zero two with flying about the only thing is with colossal hammer it loses flying anyways so yes for power uh it is an extra power but i guess i should say most of the time ideally you're putting on instant speed anyway but you are correct yeah. not always and yep. a power is a power well it's basically it's the only thing i can come up with it's an extra power as opposed to when and there's a decent amount of time when it's not going to have flying anyways yeah but that's that's true i'm i i personally agree with you but i'm not the pilot of the deck yep and then something to always check on is uh, your, your stoneforge mystic package is going to include just one shadow spear in this main board other than yep. that you're not getting anything except colossal hammers uh with your stoneforges yep, in the got, side yeah in the cool. side you've got your cauldron complete and your nettle cyst but not in the main three uh teferi in the side Yes, I saw that. That three fairy, three of them. Really going hard. And that's, you know, one of the best cards against Hammer Time is Solitude. Yeah. 
um, just because you do put a lot of commitment onto one creature. I mean, to end the game right now, it's kind of a combo-y deck. And Solitude, especially Solitude Ephemerate, does just completely wreck the fucking deck. I mean, on top of, there's tons of removal spells that, you know, really hamper you. Where the Sigarda's Aid, the hammer only comes in and attaches once. And a Lightning Bolt, or a Path to Exile, or uh, anything yeah. can just fucking ruin Yeah, I mean, if they, if they stop you from equipping your Colossal Hammer... The first it's time, dead. it's probably never going to be equipped again. It's it's dead until you get your, uh, what's the Yeah, your creature, pure steel paladin. Your pure steel paladin on the board. Which, to be fair, the the metalcraft is pretty easy to hit, but you do have to draw them, and there's no way to like yep. look for them. So at that yeah, point, exactly. you're just praying you hit him off the top. So next up, we've got two Rakdos midrange decks. we got uh, in fifth and sixth on here. Are these both scam? Looks like we'll start it. with fifth. The vast majority of Rakdos midrange is scam these days. Like fifth, fifth yeah. is exactly Rakdos scam. Uh, you got four grief, four fury, one sheldred. Interesting. But season pyromancer, Dothi, Ragavan, and then you know a bunch of the undying effects like undying evil, undying malice, Malkir rebirth, feign death, whole bunch of these fucking things. A couple blood moons, a couple of fabled mirror breakers. Uh, that's about it. You know, nothing nothing we haven't seen out of these scam decks recently, which, like, it's just, like, good Rakdos. It, all scam is is just really good Rakdos cards and then a couple bad Undying cards. But they're great with Pitch Elementals. Well, and the, the funny thing is they're great with the rest of the deck, too. They just don't oh, yeah. have a broken... They don't... Like, bringing back a Dothy Voidwalker, if you have to, with a Malakir Rebirth, and yeah. the end of the world, because it's still a one mana, effectively. Yep. 3-2 well, Shadow with an effect. It, what it also lets you do, and I don't know how relevant this would be, but like, you could cast your opponent's spell with Dothy Voidwalker, but get to keep your Dothy Voidwalker. Because mm-hmm. you get to give it Undying, sack it to do a thing, and then it comes back because it has Undying. Yeah, then do it again. So, yeah, getting extra value out of Dothy. And it's important to remember that uh, the counters, when, when Dothy exiles cards, those those counters aren't specific to that Dothy. So you could... You know, have one Dothy exile an Emrakul. They kill that Dothy Voidwalker. Later on in the game, if you cast a Dothy and you can untap with it, you get to cast that Emrakul. Yep. So that's very, very relevant. Uh, just double check to make sure the next one is a similar style of Rakdos scam. Uh, we're not running any Sheldreds in this one, but beyond that, it looks exactly the same. I mean, it looks yeah. like we trimmed literally one Sheldred. Same. Yeah, we trimmed one Sheldred for one Fable the Mirror Breaker. It looks pretty identical uh we've got in seventh place and rounding out our top eight because we already did remliers is watu with a jeskai control list uh this is basically blue white control except you get a flame blitz and a crumble to dust in the side other than that like your main board is just blue white control you have kahira for solitude uh you only have two of the three fairy you don't have any five fairy one chalice a bunch of counter spells removal and Supreme Verdict. One card I haven't seen, uh, Hallowed Moonlight, one in a white. Until the end of turn, if a creature would enter the battlefield and wasn't cast, exile it instead. So a instant speed, oh, and draw a card, so it cantrips, but a instant speed, one-time use, but better Containment Priest. So that's yeah. obviously going to be pretty good against any of your Cascade decks or your Living End decks, actually any Cascade deck at all. Yep. And, and any Indomitable Creativity list. The One of the big things about that is... Most of those decks that it's going to be playing against aren't blue decks. Mm-mm. They don't, at, at least they don't run a ton of permission. So, but they do, a lot of them have ways to remove creatures. 
So while yeah, that's true. you flash in a containment priest, they can kill the containment priest in theory and with like a fire and ice, for example. And then mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, crashing footfall still resolves. This is, yep. I cast this, you're screwed. And it can't yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. It pays for it. It replaces itself. It prevents whatever broken shenanigans are going to be happening. Uh, and it's so good, they actually have two more on the side. Yep. You Fun got dress downs, Leyland bindings, and shark typhoons. Uh, fun fact about this top eight, there's only one companion in the whole top eight. This Kahira, yep. We just had to keep banning them and banning yep. them. <laughs> I, I wonder if Gigantha's going to be next, because Gigantha's pretty good. And, and, and there's a lot of decks where Gigantha's just a, such a free roll. And, you know, it's not that, like, they said they, I mean, I guess we're banning because they make it hard to shuffle, because Yorion makes decks hard to shuffle. But, like, we probably banned it in part because it's just a free roll, and Watsi doesn't really like free rolls. And Gigantha is just a free roll in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say is Yorion was better in Yorion decks than Gigantha is in basically any deck. Yeah, Gigantha you're definitely right is there. just a 5 5. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still effectively a free card. But when we're talking about the difference between those free cards, Yorion yeah. and Luris was obviously king, you know, cream of the crop. Luris was yep. fantastic. You actively were building your deck to take advantage of Luris. Then Yorion, you were doing that as well, and it gave it some inevitability where you, you know, you get a bunch of ETBs out and you do just have, you know, <laughs> one in the chamber, so, so to speak, with Yorion. Jengatha yeah. is just kind of a dude. Here's, here's here's a great way to think about it, and you you're you're actually correct. I'm gonna try and summarize it really quickly. Uh, Luris would had the potential of drawing like three to ten cards throughout the game uh yorion easily had the potential of drawing or creating three to five cards with a value instantly Gigantha does not minimum because you could then blink yorion <laughs> yeah and just keep the loop going <laughs> yeah heaven forbid you got yorion going with another blinker because they'll right. blink each other forever yeah. so yeah you're right Meanwhile, and then Gigantha yeah Gigantha's is a five just five. a five five <laughs> hey it does make some mana yeah, it, but the problem is that by the time you're playing Gigantha, you have nothing else to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, so to round up this top, or that's wrap, wrap up the top eight uh, and this this meta game, we've got Hammer Time at eighteen point seven five percent with six, and Rakdos mid range at fifteen and a half percent with five. Uh, as before, the, could grain of salt that because this is still getting pulled from Daybreak Games and the new setup setup, but. Yeah. Those are both probably a little too high. Like 90% is for sure too high. 15 and a half, 16 is probably too high. Uh, this Rakdos scam deck has kind of taken Modern by storm a little bit, especially with the shakeups that happened. Uh, Modern is probably starting to settle down into a really solid metagame. We do have Yogmoth with 9.5%, and then we have like Jeskai Control, Creativity, and Amba Titan at around 6% each. Um, Hammer Time has always kind of been Kingpin. It, for a long time, it was fighting that four-color Elementals list and Murktide for that like top, top, top spot. So I'm not surprised to see it stick around. I'm not surprised at all to see Rakdos come in. If you think about it, between like Standard and Modern and Pioneer, Rakdos in general has been fucking cleaning up. Yeah. That 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 color combination has gotten a lot of stuff in the last like two to four years between all the sets, and so I'm not surprised to see Rakdos doing some really broken stuff in Modern too. It's definitely way 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 better in Pioneer and way better in Standard, but it's still really doing some powerful stuff in Modern. Yeah, absolutely. most played cards: Lightning Bolt, Ragavan, Esper Sentinel, Fury, and Pure Steel Paladin. So I mean, like you're looking at literally. For the, yeah, for the most part, you're looking at Rakdos uh, mid-range, or Rakdos scam, and hammer time there. 
Top creatures, Ragavan, Sentinel, Fury, Pierstow Paladin, Stoneforge, Mystic, the exact same two decks, and top spells. Lightning Bolt, Colossal Hammer, Sigarda's Aid, Leyland Binding, and a License Hurst. Almost the same two. Alrighty, so that wraps up our metagame summaries. Uh, you know, a bit of a week behind, but good to see not too much has changed. Would love to see some change in Legacy, but whatever. So, uh, we're about an hour, probably about an hour and ten minutes in after, you know, we do some cuts. Because I always try and cut out some of the silences of me and Matt, him, dog, him, dick... Him dicking around uh, like that might get cut out. Who knows? But we did get a pretty big announcement. Um, the world of magic did. And it was some real intense validation for pretty much every content creator that isn't sucking Watsy's dick. Uh, Bank uh. of America came out, and I, I didn't read their article, but essentially Bank of America puts out like what you should or should not invest in. They kind of rate companies on how investable they are and where you should be putting your money. And I believe they had Hasbro at like, in, in essence, it's not this word, but like like decent investment option. And they downgraded it not once, but twice to like, maybe don't fuck with these guys. Yeah. And they dropped, cause, and Hasbro's, I don't know because of this, uh, or sorry, yes, it is. I'm reading an MTG Rocks article too as well. But they were saying that because of this article, Hasbro stock dropped another 5%. Hasbro already saw a bit of a big drop when their last quarter earnings came in quite a bit under what they expected. So yep. that we, you know, Watsy has shown, or well, because of Watsy, Hasbro has shown insane growth year over year over year. And then they saw, I don't think they, they didn't see like a loss, but they saw a lot less growth than they expected. Then Bank of America came out and was like, hey, you know, something's obviously wrong with the way this company's running. And they literally, like, came out and said that it's because of the way Hasbro and has been pressuring Watsy and how Watsy has been trashing Magic the Gathering, why this company is starting to fail. I shouldn't say starting to fail. Doing significantly worse. Yeah. So just to put some technical terms in there, uh, it was double downgraded from buy to underperform. So uh, between those, I believe, is hold. So it's buy, hold, underperform, and then I imagine it's probably sell after underperform for their stock. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is we do have to take not this press release at, with a grain of salt, but Hasbro stock has taken a hit along with the rest of almost every stock. So like the the overall market is down like thirty to forty percent. So like there's some of this is going to be due to that as far as their like year to date trends. Um, but there was, it was definitely like that day they released this, it lost like 6%. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. So like it, it is a big deal. And I've got, um, I don't know if it's the whole thing, but I've got quite a bit of it pulled up. Uh, so in, from the article, I'll just do some like quick bullet points here. Hasbro is trying to squeeze extra money out of Magic the Gathering fans in the short term, Bank America says. <laughs> that could hurt the long-run business. <laughs> Does that I sound agree. familiar to anybody? <laughs> Boy, I agree with that sentiment almost word for word, as if we, almost word for word, have been saying that for months. Yeah. Analyst Jason Haas downgraded the stock, the toy stock to underperform and uh, to underperform from buy as a, as recent changes to magic cards brands amount to Hasbro killing its golden goose. The analyst also slashed his price target on the stock from forty two dollars 
uh, $242 from $73. Wow. Yeah. The prime quote, the primary concern is that Hasbro has been overproducing magic cards, which has propped up Hasbro's recent results, but is destroying the long-term value of the brand. He said in his note to the clients has uh, magic. The gathering is trading card uh, business game counts for 15% of Hasbro's revenue and 35% of its EBITDA after, I don't know what that is. I'm not a stock guy or whatever business guy uh 35 of that after sales doubled during the pandemic due to the financial stimulus mm-hmm. which is something before our podcast i was doing so jake and i talked about this a lot so like we would get the i would get those stimulus checks and with the last one i literally just bought reserveless cards with it yep <laughs> and they've all yeah. like doubled since i got them <laughs> yeah we was kind of stashing money in old reserveless cards yeah because it's uh basically something i know i have i'm more familiar with it than stocks and uh so that's kind of one of the places i hide money yep it's a good Um, place to invest in if you are aware of if you're aware of it it's not a bad place to invest in yep so another thing i wanted to read off of this seven of the last eight releases have declined in value by bank america by bank of america's account national retailers have cut the brand or are increasingly focused on moving old inventory which means for those who don't know stuff they're like walmart's buying a bunch of magic cards and they're just sitting on the shelves so they're not buying any more be- mm-hmm. until they get rid of their old stock uh so moving old inventory according to bank of america that comes as retailers turn to promotions for a wide range of products to try and uh, move glut of inventories. Consumers roll back spending on goods coming out of the pandemic. Haas also said he is concerned, quote, concerned by the company's decision to release 30th anniversary set that includes four booster packs for $999. He said that is excessively high, <laughs> quote, excessively yep. high compared to a normal sets, set packs price of $5. <laughs> It's it turns out when you make a product, even if it was a real product and you charge ten thousand percent more than normal. Yeah. And it's not even a normal product. They're fake fucking cards. Yeah, well he goes on to talk about that. So again, back to the article. Reprints can hurt the secondary sales market because the packs include cards from the quote reserve list, which is a group of cards Hasbro previously promised to never reprint some have argued that it's not a true reprint since the anniversary cards cannot be used in tournaments which is true i don't think the Mm -hmm. some have argued there is really relevant because that is flat out true they are not as we say they're not real cards while others say it doesn't matter because their existence will still drive down scarcity and by extension value quote this set has devalued many high value cards and collectors are concerned that wizards will reprint more yep which that's we talked about that a few weeks ago where it's like this is a clear indicator that they are you know they are nudging up closer than they ever have in the last like we'll say 15 years to breaking the reserve list which in fairness all in favor of this is the closest we went from we won't even discuss the reserve list to here's reserve here's a black lotus with a different back on it (laughs) yeah oh man so yeah this was definitely a really cool thing to see oh this we're, is by no that... means are, we're not alone in this uh, every content creator has been saying this again everyone uh, pretty much every content creator that isn't guaranteed a preview card from watsi and a special gift bag every six months with 500 dollars worth of stuff in it those guys haven't been saying this but everyone that just kind of yeah. makes magic content they've LSV. been saying this 
He's been getting dragged all over uh, Reddit because apparently he was. Uh, this is just a quick little aside, and I don't want to go deep dive a deep dive on it. But there's a company called FTX. You should look into it. Uh, they were like a Bitcoin middleman, or like a crypto middleman. He was pushing them. I, well, they just yeah. went bankrupt. <laughs> I and apparently the whole thing is a Ponzi them. scheme. <laughs> it is. I thought and, like that. people so here's were the posting his stuff that he was. People were posting on. Uh, it was either Twitter or Reddit. They posted his thing where, cause like he had some project he was working on and they either merged or were bought out by they FTX. Bought it. Right. It was somebody posted it, that because he was shilling for FTX and they had, he did a copyright strike against him to get it taken down. I remember. Cause I was wondering about that. Cause I thought, I thought I'd saw seen a post on like Reddit or the MTG group or whatever talking about how because i very tangentially follow world news and i get a lot of it just from like reddit and facebook and it's weird posts it's one tiktok and i remember vaguely them having ad spots for things i thought it was ftx and i thought i remember seeing that thing where it's like hey we're happy we're super happy to announce that we've sold storybook brawl to ftx which i'm i don't okay as someone outside looking in who knows something about it good for you i don't care i'm happy you sold your company and made money i could give a shit less and then like literally a week ago i started seeing a bunch of posts about like you said, oh, it turns out this FTX thing was a Ponzi scheme. I went to his Twitter and couldn't find anything about it. And I was like, I don't remember if that's exactly what it was. Those letters sound familiar, but I don't know if that's what it is. Sure is. And he's copywriting posts. Or he's getting strikes against posts that bring it up again. Wow. So here's the thing. So I remember when that came, I remember when it came out, because I, I used to listen. I don't have as much time to listen to content anymore. I used to listen to... Uh, Limited resources, just because I wanted more magic content. I hate drafting, but I like their content. I, I don't hate Dallas V. I, I like. I enjoyed the content they created, and well, I remember and listening to like listening to somebody break down a draft is a good way to learn about why cards are good. Yes, and, and I like their card evaluation yeah. and um, glean a lot I remember, of information out of those. I remember they started getting sponsored by FTX, and a lot of people were not associated with playing soccer, so I can take an opinion on this. A lot of people gave them a lot of shit for supporting cryptocurrency in general because of how it's bad for the environment and for a dozen reasons. And I was, I was, without, I was quietly of the opinion that I don't fucking care. I don't. It's their company, guys. They can do it now. If you want to get mad about it and stop listening, that's what you should do. You should stop supporting them. But like, I don't give a shit if they want to. If I don't care who they want to shill for. Now that is with the assumption that who they're shilling for is doing appropriate business practices. Yeah. Now, if they're sh- when they start shilling for companies that are basically committing crimes, yes, that's a problem. So I'm glad that you were able to clear that up because I had like just heard tangentially here and there, and I hadn't put the I, other than going to his page and trying to like see if I could see anything about FTX, which it makes sense knowing now that that's confirmed that that's what happened that he scrubbed his Facebook of it or his Twitter of it. But I was I, like, oh boy, yeah, I can't remember exactly which social media was i'm pretty sure it was twitter but i imagine he did because that post was a twitter post that was getting i saw that so that one he for sure deleted and now he's trying to get anybody reposting that picture get that does he not know how does he not know how the internet works yeah but i mean like streisand effect bud you're talking about what you could say a you can never get it removed and b the more you talk about it the more people are going to want to post it it is possible you know like is it possible that he had no idea Oh, I imagine he absolutely had no clue that what they were, what they were like the insides of that yeah. business. I, I, to me, I wouldn't have anything bad to say against him in that regard. I'm not saying he did anything illegal. I'm not sure saying he knew anything 
was going on that yeah. was illegal. And to be fair, FTX currently is not charged with anything. They have not they have not been they are being investigated. They have not been uh-huh. charged with a crime yet. So it's all of this is it, we need to tack on the big allegedly to this. Uh-huh. Like they didn't allegedly go bankrupt. They definitely went bankrupt. <laughs> they uh-huh. filed for bankruptcy. Um but like going into what was going on in their company, a lot of this has to have that big, you know, asterisk of yeah. none of this has been proven in a court of law yet. Okay. okay. I do not want to accuse LSV of doing anything illegal or shady at all. Because while I personally, like, from what I've seen, he seems to, or what I've seen around, he seems to be kind of like a, have a mediocre set of principles. That's mm-hmm. put it lightly. Um, I'm not a big fan of him personally or anything. I don't, I would be shocked if he was like, yeah, I definitely like these, you know, Ponzi scheme guys. <laughs> like, yeah. he probably, because from what, what FTX was doing, where they were going, they were going around in order to make themselves look like a bigger company and to continue to get money from investors buying other companies. Mm. So it doesn't surprise me at all that they bought his company because they were gotcha. buying a bunch of them. So, okay. like, so, they were buying a lot of, like, <clears throat> like uh, a lot of crypto um companies that were kind of like struggling they buy them and it would make them make them it makes them gotcha. on paper look like a bigger company than they yeah. are it's huge growth it's, it's, bunch, it's immediate growth shit like that yes okay. as yeah, opposed so, to real so growth that seems like a great place for us to kind of end that discussion is like it kind of sucks that limited resources and lsv got caught up in that but presumably even if ftx is legit was breaking the law which we don't know presumably lsv wasn't yeah. in on it i haven't he just, seen he anything he, to suggest he was actually in on any of this he might have got suckered in he just the i personally just love it when like people kind of get bit because <laughs> yeah. like like to me like like if i was in that situation i'd be i just flat out say yeah they bought my company i don't know yeah. anything about them like what like it's not like i worked for ftx so i know the inside mm-hmm. scoop of what they're doing I was offered a buyout and I sold. Yeah. And, and of course I'm going to show for them. They just bought my company. <laughs> yeah. And they sponsor his podcast. Who knows how much they pay for their sponsorships, but like, right. And that'd be, and I, it, it's a weird tangent, but like in the, in the world that that'd be the same thing. If, if a company was like, Hey Matt and Jake, we'd love to buy your podcast for $150,000. We'd be like, uh, yeah, that's fine. And then to come out three months later, it's like, Oh crap. They're a Ponzi scheme. We didn't fucking know. It's, their check cleared with us. Do I get to keep my money? <laughs> yeah, like that's. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad you were there to kind of connect those dots because I didn't. I had thought I just didn't care that much. I'm glad to know, but I, I had thought I'd seen some dots near each other, but I just didn't care enough to like yeah. start. Well, Googling, the funny thing so. is, it because I mean the FTX thing just made the news outside of the magic news, and then of course, Matt. The funny thing, magic has gotten big enough that like real world stuff does affect magic now that didn't used Mm -hmm. to be the case like 20 years ago the idea that like bank of america would have an opinion on magic's (laughs) stuff is silly i mean it probably technically did happen because they were a publicly traded company and you know what i mean but like not to the release where like bank of america not to the point where bank of america is going by the way fuck hasbro (laughs) yeah (laughs) well bank of america wrote like a six paragraph article about it (laughs) Which I do want to get back to. There's one very particular thing I wanted to talk to about uh, that's still in this article. So the last paragraph of the article goes something like this. Businesses and collectors would sometimes purpose- purposely hold packs to sell later at a higher price. So uh, 
you know, you buy a couple sets, stockpile them, like a couple boxes of, you know, Brothers War, stockpile them, yeah. and then sell them later. So to sell at a, uh, later at a higher prices, demand outpaced supply, he said, but that system is now collapsing due to production increases and the unexpected reprints. Now, here's the important thing. The aggregate price of reserve list cards peaked mid-2021 at more than $250,000, but is now down to around $150,000. That is a the huge reserve list drop. bubble has popped. Yeah. Now, I imagine a lot of what popped were the random junk cards that didn't see zero play, but people were yeah. buying out on TCG and everywhere they could find, just hoping they just happened to have the <laughs> next card. Because if you go it's... on like TCG Player, a Volcanic Island still seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but what's a didgeridoo cost? Correct. So because that's like that's like the, a, a great example of like. This card shouldn't be expensive. Apparently, there's a Minotaur I, deck popping around. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, like a lot of the dumb crap that shouldn't be pricey is is probably gonna start coming down because it's it's not as solid of an investment as people may have thought with the way Watsy's been acting. And so, well, uh, we're getting what we talked lo- about two weeks ago when we were talking about how pre- doing this these uh, proxies takes a couple bricks out of the wall that is the reserve list yep. and that's exactly, exactly what does. we were talking about where it's just like it, no this doesn't violate the reserve list but like it's definitely so it does, chipping away at it it does two things well it takes several bricks but it does it takes it takes bricks out of two sections of the wall and one section is uh watsy says we'll never reprint reserve list cards at all in any capacity some bricks some of those bricks got taken out because they just reprinted reserve list cards in some capacity it also takes some bricks out of the wall of Watsy being like, we do not authorize or appreciate any kind of proxy material yep. because you just printed proxy material. So you so. just like if the if you dev- if you take the 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 you know this giant wall that is the reserve list, don't touch it, and you have sections of like, well, we won't touch it because of legal reasons, because we don't appreciate proxies, because we wouldn't we want to reprint the cards. Because, well, we've got multiple sections of the wall losing bricks as they did this. Yeah. The, uh, like the I, I know thing. several people, like uh, the Planeswalkers podcast is a great example where like Will and Aramis both kind of loosened up on proxies a little bit. At least people playing them in that charity event, and I, I, I think I heard them talking about like because Watsi is endorsing them now. They never were anti-proxy. They would let me use proxy and whatnot, but they were kind of like like hey, if we're gonna play, like you know, don't really use proxies. We want to kind of keep things real. And when I played with them again, it was like I mean, fuck it. If Watsi's gonna let you do it, why wouldn't we? Yeah, and that's. That's a perfectly rational attitude to take. Like it is. Watsy just said it's okay to play proxies. Well, if it's okay yes. to play proxies because they're not real cards, I guess I don't really need to get them from you, Watsy. Yeah, and I don't need to pay a thousand dollars for sixty random ones. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, to end this discussion, which kind of got waylaid a little bit by LSV and FTX and Storybook Brawl, but it was I well, enjoyed it. That before discussion. we end, I do want to. There's the the last bit of this paragraph that's important. Uh, I, 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 I do I, I do want to do closing thoughts on this. I'm not like going to take us right into the yeah, you're outro. Fine. But the stock dipped 6.2%, and it's down 37.7% for the year. That's all. That's basically the rest that's of the That's a company. lot. Hasbro that's didn't lot. Uh, respond to CNBC's request for comment. That's the thing. So, so let's just do a quick little, like, you know, what is causing this? Obviously, they said, like, overprinting and whatnot. You know, what do you think is is leading to this, like, distinct fall? And for me, it's probably two things. One of them is, you know, we are in a very turbulent and very difficult financial time. Gas is very expensive. Heating is very expensive. People have less money, period. And 
maybe we finally just reached critical mass of cards you can print a year and people will still buy them. I think that's the that's the single biggest reason. Because, like, if there was only... And, and to be fair, not only is it the single biggest reason, but it also it runs headlong into your other reason. So, mm-hmm. like, if, if, like, the economy was still booming and people were flush with cash, so to speak, the fact of the matter is ha- them having extra sets probably still isn't the best idea but it's not going to hurt nearly as bad but combined with the fact that money's tight for just about everybody unless you're like mega rich then you're like well like it's to the point where like not only do i feel this but i read it all the time where people just don't even pay it they see spoilers and they don't even care because like they're spoiling jumpstart before they finish spoiling brothers war like Why? Like, it's there's no way for me to keep up with all this stuff. So basically, I've I've reverted to what I used to always do, but it's now just become super important. If I want to build a deck, I look up the singles. I don't yeah. even. I don't. You could name. I couldn't name you ten cards from Brothers War, and I have a podcast about Magic. Yeah, because there's like we're even especially even if you don't watch all the secret lair stuff going on which aren't quite new prints but they're still new cards it's so hard to keep you're we're never not in spoiler season well on top of that you're also their execution sucks like it's become a meme now that people are still waiting they've paid for certain secret layers i can't remember which one i think it's like the one they the first one they came out with an edh deck for like the the coin flip one or something yeah heads oh, uh-huh. i win tails you lose people are it's been a year and they've paid for them, and they haven't even shipped. Yeah, like that's uh, that's disgusting. Cool. Can I just loan so, Watsy money? Like, yeah, no, thank you. Hard pass. Like, and, I don't know. I mean, if you bought that, would you ever buy a secret layer again? No, it's hard for me to buy. So I have bought a couple, and I don't. I do not approve of secret layers in general, but I have bought a few. And it, I fucking hate the fact that I'm like, I'm going to buy this secret layer, and seven months later, I'll get my cards made. Yeah, I hope they eventually ship them to me. Yeah, and I hope, and I hope not, they're right. Yeah, I hope they're the right things. They're not completely destroyed like some people have. Like, yeah. I mean, they ship has them shown in- that when they're selling products they don't have in their hand, they fuck it up quite often. Yeah. Um, and to put a little bow on that, I was going to say that I had one more thought on that where Watsy and Morrow have just kind of this product isn't for you themselves to death where they've just taken their group of people that buy magic and they go you know this product isn't for this group this product's not for this group this product's not and now you're making cards where presumably it costs the same amount of money to design and make any set of cards and you just keep chopping it down with this philosophy of well it's not for you so don't buy it and it's like well you can't do that 30 times a year yep well it it's gotten that way with a lot of different products like movies keep becoming like more and more niche and it's like with the i like if you want to s- sell a bunch of movie tickets your movie has to be relevant to as many people as possible yes and watsy doesn't seem to they seem to have forgotten that they obviously used to know it they seem to have mm-hmm. forgotten the fact that hey we actually do want to sell every product to as many people as possible yeah so well, like the most I understand efficient the, yeah well and i understand i understand that some of that stuff exists like we're going like if they're like hey commander's one of our biggest things if you don't play commander that's fine but we're going to make products for commander players yeah that's that's a fair attitude to take like they don't they don't and it shouldn't be this way to be expected that like every magic player plays every single set 
or every single format. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be people who just play Legacy, who just play Modern, who just play Pioneer. And then there's people like us who play all kinds of formats and are interested mm-hmm. in most forms of competitive or uncompetitive magic. But, like, yep. we're pretty deep into it. But we're really deep into it, and they've even lost us. So oh, imagine the lot. people who, like, just play one format. and Yeah. Well, I mean, we met him. Think of CJ. CJ loves magic. He played it as a kid. He got he got uh, he got the Warhammer decks. We actually had a lot of fun playing Warhammer. I fucking crushed you guys with War- Warhammer deck. Well, uh, it helped. It uh, helped. That. I was gonna say, <laughs> caveat: uh, you crushed one person, Ashley. and two people yeah. didn't play the game. <laughs> yeah, Ashley got her fucking face stomped while you guys went to turn eight with three lands out. <laughs> right. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and he he kind of got back into it for that. But he doesn't really have a collection and. How many fucking spoilers do you think CJ checks every week? Right. And maybe he does. But maybe. Now, I will say. He does listen to us, so. He is. That's funny. So even though he's like, he's not a super entrenched player, he listens to magic content. He's infinitely more entrenched than half the people that play magic. Uh, knows what a planeswalker is. Um, knows what a plane. He confirmed it. Uh, I will say, on, in Watsy's defense, because again, we try to be honest here, CJ. I hope he doesn't mind us just, you know, talking about him for the next five minutes. But it was an interesting, (laughs) it was interesting to like uh, Mm -hmm. talk about this with him because he is exactly who they were going for with the 40k stuff. So he actually he plays Warhammer a ton and was like like on the cusp of magic, like just on the outskirts of being like a magic player. Like he Uh played it and whatnot, and that's what got him to play magic was Warhammer magic. Yeah, so like they, he that's, nailed it he was him. their target audience and he, they nailed it like that I even looked at him, I was like oh it's you they made these for you uh-huh. <laughs> like, you're the you know and he was like yes they did I bought them I love yeah, them I felt like the M and M's when they see Santa and it's like oh they do exist <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah they do exist <laughs> so like that I mean they definitely nailed that one and to be fair the the yep. Warhammer uh, commander decks seem to be pretty popular anyways. Uh, I won't touch them because their universe is beyond, but whatever. But people love them. Some people love them. People love them, and that's fine. But yeah, they've gotten this whole, like, this product isn't for you to the point where, like, th- uh, what product is for me? Yeah, because very, very little of it is. Because, like, um, I've been so turned off with all the releases that you're doing and all the decisions you're making that I'm, I'm having a hard time justifying spending any money on Magic lately. Yep, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I do want to wrap this up. Do you have any more final thoughts on this topic? I've got one more two-minute thing, and nope. then we're going to call it a cast. Okay. So I do want to – we do call balls and strikes. I want to give uh, Watsy big kudos. They nailed it. I logged onto Arena today, and I was fucking around. And in the store on Arena, you can, for $10, buy four rare wild cards. Can't you only do that ten times or something? Matt? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you can buy s- four rare wild cards for $10. Like, I could see that being great so, if they, if there's the limit on it. If they increase the, if they reset the limit every time they release a set. And they might. We don't know if they will or won't. I don't know anything about that. Um, but they also came out with an additional, like, as you buy packs, you get these special gold packs that are full of rares and wild cards. I heard about but, those, yeah. That's awesome. That's just awesome because it's just you just get them for free. You don't have to do anything extra to get them, except buy packs and you can use coins to buy packs. And even if it is just ten, 
you can for forty dollars buy forty rare wild cards. Yeah, that to me, I mean, it's still a ludicrous amount of money to pay for. It's a ludicrous amount of Fake money to cards. put into a closed system. Yes. Um, because like spending but, forty bucks on but, Moto is totally different. Because but you not know. to everybody, right? In fairness, not to everybody. Well, and I mean, for certain people, like arena cards have more value than real ones because that's the the only place they play. So Absolutely. like, it makes perfect sense. I don't have. I am totally on board with uh, Watsi making Moto better in that regard. It still wouldn't be anything I would put money into because I don't like yep. putting money into closed system like that. If there was a way yeah. for me to cash out, I would consider it. But yeah, there's not, so don't. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, two minute thing. Just that's a huge thank you, Watsi. I know it could be better, but that is a phenomenal thing you did. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I it will is, not be buying any, but I'm glad it exists. It is a big improvement, and the the golden pack thing to me to me seems like the long term yeah. bigger improvement because like you you don't have to put any money into it. It's just straight up packs are better now. Yep. Um, now when I, because I usually save up between eighty and a hundred thousand coins at a time, and then I find a deck I want to buy, and I'll go buy like a hundred packs, and that's just an extra, you know, ten or fifteen packs I'm going to get to open for free. So, yeah. Which way have to go, Watsi. more wild cards and more rares. And exactly. Stuff like that. Exactly. But yeah, being All able right. to buy the wild cards is something you and I had. We've literally sat on my couch and talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I just buy a yep. wild cards? So, well, and two dollars and fifty cents is not an unreasonable amount of money, in my opinion. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's a like, lot. If you're talking about real cards, if if I had the option to buy any, if every single rare in Magic cost two dollars and fifty cents, I'd be fine with that. Yep, absolutely. So, so yeah, way to go. I'd way give up the go. occasional dollar rare to get rid of the ten dollar to uh-huh. seventy dollar rares. Exactly. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, we're approaching two hours. We still have a Patreon episode to record. So uh, if anybody on here would like to reach out to us, please send us an email at cantripcartel at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, all that crap, Cantrip Cartel. Uh, if, you'd love to, if you want to help support us in a more direct way, we'd love to have you. Hit us up at patreon.com forward slash cantripcartel. Any, any any tier gets you access to the private Discord. There's only like ten or twelve of us in there. It's pretty awesome. Uh, there's lots of there's lots of fun perks in there, including a force the issue that we'll probably be doing next week, where we're going to talk about uh, Mono Wolf wants to look at you know porting decks and he's wanting to get into Legacy and what's a good deck to start with and all kinds of crap. Uh, and we you know we there's, there's shirts and there's play mats and there's all kinds of perks, extra content that we're going to record right now. So love yep. to see you there. Thank you for listening no matter what. Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Uh, before we leave, I do want to give a shout out to our patrons, just so we don't forget. Uh, Emperor, Rogue, Derek, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, and Jameson. Thanks again. Thank you all very much. And if that's all you got, I think we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and exile these five cards from my graveyard to bring back a Kroxa. Uh, on ETB, you have to discard a card. If it's a land, you lose three life. I'll discard a land. Cool. So that puts you at 10? Sure. That's all I can do. I pass. All right. End of your turn. Pitch a red card to Fury or to some uh, Solitude. Or pitch a white card to Solitude. Next up. Gross. <laughs> hey. I thought we were playing Pioneer. Oh, are we? I thought we were playing Modern. <laughs> you can't tell the difference anymore. 
No, you can't. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Jake and Matt chatting meta games while slinging some spells. Casting ale, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms are so fearsome, so scary, so legendary. Queering rangers cross the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled carbon of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaur stomping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the Cantrip Cartel.